On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. This is Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I am your host, Mark. Let's give a warm welcome to Angel Okana, the force behind Forest Circles. Angel grew up in Brooklyn, surrounded by a lot of Spanish music that he didn't understand. So it's no surprise that when he discovered his dad was a DJ, he gravitated to the pop music library his dad had collected. Angel began playing music as a drummer, and in addition to his father's pop music, he began to be influenced by grunge. But when he started playing with people, he found a home initially with Northern Arms, a Philadelphia-based nine-piece ensemble that gave him all kinds of experience, not just in music, but in the music business. Angel began writing the music that would become the basis for Forest Circles just as the pandemic started. The band was initially a trio, but as things began to shut down and isolation was the norm, the band became a solo project. With that in mind, Angel tries to keep the sound simple. That not only helps as a one-man band, but since he takes his time writing, it keeps the frustration levels low. Angel also studied photography, so Forest Circle's visuals are just as stunning as the music. So follow at ForestXCircles on Instagram, buy the music on Bandcamp, follow us at PerformanceANX on Twitter and Instagram, and support us with coffee through ko-fi.com slash performanceanxiety or merch at performanceanx.threadless.com. And now check out Four Circles on Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, so, uh, hey, my name is Angel Kana from the music project Four Circles. Just released an E-Long EP, The Doorway Cutter, and you're listening to Performance Anxiety with Mark Shea. Thank you for joining me, man. This will be a lot of fun. Sure, yeah, I'm excited. This is, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember how I even found, I think I found your latest release through Instagram somehow. I don't remember, I just remember seeing the cover art and it was right, striking. Right. I was like, oh, this is, what is, what is this? And I hit play or hit, or some, a part of it was playing or something. And I'm like, this is really cool. I got to reach out to this guy. So, oh man, fantastic. Thank you. Oh man, it's, yeah. thank you for the album. It's, it's, so good i've really been enjoying listening to it but what i want to do is kind of find out how you got to where you are so right kind of want to start it from the beginning really so you're currently you're in philadelphia right yes correct okay mm-hmm. is that where you're from originally no so i'm originally from brooklyn new york okay uh, yeah i was a. Uh, my family originally is from Puerto Rico, but we landed in Bushwick, and I was born around like '86 or so. So it was a crazy time then. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't remember really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, originally from New York, and then uh, I guess like I transplanted to Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, and I've been here ever since. Yeah. Was there a lot of music when you're growing up? Was music something that you were really into when you were a kid, or did you come to it a little later? I think it was all around the house. You know, my my family listened to a lot of Spanish music. You know, uh, 
it was like blasting around the house. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't know what they were saying, but you know, uh, you, you get the feeling of it, you know, and you kind of connect with it. And, uh, but yeah, that's a, I guess it's the beginning of it really. And then I learned later that my dad was a DJ before I was born. So, oh, wow. I, yeah, he, <laughs> There's some photos out there. He's got like the whole getup. Oh, it's very, it's very cool. It's <laughs> great. So it's kind of yeah. in the blood then. I guess so. Yeah. And I found his records later and, you know, I, I think, I, you know, that's where I got a good gist of pop music and stuff like that. So what were you listening to growing up? Because the music that you're creating, it's, it's really unique to me because before we even really get into it, it's kind of got this heavier shoegazy vibe, but the lyrics aren't that um, super reverby, ghostly, ethereal thing. The lyrics to me all sound a little more like they lean towards the pop side of stuff. Yeah, and uh, the more I create, I, I find the same exact kind of findings, I would say. And I think it all stems back to that pop music like influence in the beginning you know my dad would always play like michael jackson the bgs uh elton john like oh, nice. it was it was all there and i think lyrically that's where i get most of my i guess approaches you know but yeah it's 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 great to to notice that kind of stuff now you know it's like oh that's what i'm doing you know yeah you can you start doing it you don't really realize maybe where it comes from so that's yeah yeah so what were you listening to as a kid when in before you you had your dad's collection and and the, the spanish yeah. music playing in the house what were you really drawn to yeah so once i got into i guess like high school i started to to dive into like some some heavier stuff you know uh, like the rock music i think i was in a couple of bands at that point and you know i was originally a drummer first so uh, okay a lot of my approaches definitely come from roots of like nirvana like jazz like anything like uh, i can get my hands into i don't want to jump too far ahead but uh um, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah originally like i definitely pulled like anything i can get out of thin air you know i think i grew up my hands on any drum kit or anything like that but when yeah. did you start so you said drums were really your first instrument when how old were you when you started how old were you when you started playing and uh, were drums actually the first instrument that you played yeah so i uh i think a, a family member bought me like a little guitar but it was a I was like, what do I do with this? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not really interested in this, <laughs> but you know, I, it was a right-handed guitar and then I'm like ambidextric. So like, I didn't notice that I couldn't play right-handed. So when I picked it up, I was like, I think the universe is telling me I can't play guitar. So, uh -oh. you know, I think drums was the, the next thing that caught my eye, but yeah, that's where it all started. It was, uh, I think my my mom had scrounged up like some money for me to take some some like little lessons. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was like down in like Myrtle Avenue. It was like a little music shop, oh, and nice. yeah, that's where like I got into seventies stuff. You know, like a little bit of Led Zeppelin and everything. And yeah, it was just like 
pounding as hard as I can, you know, and <laughs> I definitely, I definitely get roots from like, you know, Dave Grohl and, uh, John Bonham and stuff like that. It's like heavily influenced and okay. most of my stuff. Yeah. How old were you when you really started playing in bands? You said you had some in high school. Was that, was that when it started for you playing with other people? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have the confidence yet until like high school. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I, I really, that. I'm really glad my mom was uh, had the patience for me because it was tough in that household. I will tell you that. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. the acoustic drums are oof, oh. pretty loud. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bands that you started off in uh, was it just rock or a uh, little heavier stuff, a little lighter stuff? Yeah, it was like punk rock. It was like Nirvana. We were definitely into like. I guess uh, the grunge scene and mm. Alice in Chains and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, so immediately I kind of went from zero to a hundred yes. when it came to that kind of stuff, <laughs> which is cool. You're a multi-instrumentalist. So when did mm. you expand from drums? So there's drums and then I was play some guitar. And when did you start really branching out? Yeah. So I didn't really start branching out to back into guitar, I guess, or, you know, probably until like, I would say like my college years. Okay. Like, you know, I think I, you know, started to fell in love for the first time and then, you know, get your heart yanked out. So yeah. I started listening to a lot of like singer songwriter stuff. Like somehow I kind of like took a step back and then dived into more like lyrical based stuff, you know, or at least paid more attention to those kind of artists and stuff like that. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on getting real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new Factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Before you skip over this ad, give me one minute. Like most podcasts, I pick sponsors carefully and I use the products that advertise here. Pure Spectrum CBD is a product that has been really beneficial for me. They have a wide variety of great products that can be used on a daily or as-needed basis. I've been using the tincture every day, and it's been wonderful for easing anxiety. And I absolutely love the isolate. I use it instead of acetaminophen or ibuprofen, and it's worked so well for the relief of aches and pains. They also have soaks, 
lotions, salves, gummies, and more, plus an entire line for fitness recovery. They even have products for your pets. See everything they offer at PureSpectrumCBD.com. And if you have questions, they're there to help. They helped me when I had no idea where to start. After you fill your cart, use code PERFORMANCEANX for 15% off your purchase. Pure Spectrum CBD, Pure Spectrum CBD, Pure Spectrum CBD. It's amazing what a broken heart will do, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's like <laughs> somehow that music finds you when when it happens too. I don't know how it is. Universe, like you said, just kind of throws that stuff at you. Yeah, and sometimes when you try to deny it, it comes back around and yes. gets you. It's like no, you're gonna listen because there's something there's something to be learned here, you know. And I exactly, you know, we're young and you know, I guess at the time, you know, we were stubborn and stuff. But you know, there's lessons everywhere, so. So is this was definitely one of them? Was it still all happening in in the Bushwick area? No, at this point, when I was around in college, I kind of went to Philadelphia, and okay. I went for photography for about a few years, and nice. then I was like, "Yeah, that's I what I studied like, too." Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I went up to Rochester. So nice. Yeah, so I was in the dark room, and you know, enjoying all that beautiful world of. Just like solitude and yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it was fun. But then I, you know, I kind of stripped like gears and most of my friends that I've made were from this area. So I just kind of decided to stay. Were you still in bands at that point playing in, in Philadelphia? I was in a couple of groups. I guess music at this point wasn't, you know, super in the foreground for me. But yeah, there were a couple of friends I've had and we kind of jammed around and, you know, I think as I kind of grew roots in Philadelphia, that's a few years later, that's when I started to, to really get into drumming again and, uh, you know, join a couple of groups and stuff like that. Okay. So were you playing out at this point a lot or were you just, was it still just kind of a bunch of guys just getting together and playing? Yeah, we were playing out a lot. I, uh, there was this group that I was in uh, called Northern Arms okay. uh, a few years back, and uh, it was like a nine-piece group, and it was... Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty intense. different point of views and you know <laughs> that's gotta be a lot. tough yeah scheduling that is <laughs> oh. surprised we did it for so long yeah <laughs> but yeah those guys were great and i feel like you know the kind of stuff we were doing was like dark kind of americana and i was Ooh. very into that kind of ethereal electric stuff you know yeah i like that too uh, yeah and then after that i kind of I joined a hip hop group on drums for a little while and we did a couple of good stuff. Like we went to Firefly, we opened up for some wow cool people here in Philadelphia. 
it was an eye opener to the to the music business at least oh, more yeah. than I have ever encountered, which was at that time was great. Oh, uh, wow. A lot of lessons learned for sure. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good lessons, yeah. bad lessons. Yeah, yeah. I Bulk. think uh, you know it's to me it's you know just like any business you know you have to consider it the the music side of it like the artist side and then you also have like the other hats you have to wear so yeah good and bad i would say yeah when you when you get into it you don't really realize that it's a business people actually make a living off of this stuff that don't actually create the music yeah it's uh, yeah totally it's a whole other amazing side of, of the business i mean there's so you got your management but you've also got sound people lighting people man uh tour managers band managers you got all kinds it's, that's the one thing that i learned through this podcast is that there are so many people in this business in so many different areas outside of actually creating music it's amazing yeah just to dive into that it's it's good to have like a to solid team, you know, to to make that call come true. Yeah. So when did you start writing your own material? I mean, had you been doing it this whole time, or is that something that was uh, new, newer to you? I think it was around that college time. You know, I w- I was writing a lot of like singer songwriter based stuff. Like I, there was no distortion or anything like ah, that. Ah, okay. Uh, I was heavily like influenced in just the lyrics, you know, and an acoustic guitar. And then I kind of stuck with it here and there. And then I was like, you know what? I, this is definitely a calling for me because I would play, you know, I would play out as a solo artist and just like listening and like, you know, the feedback of people and like really touching people in a way with music for me, I was like, yeah, like this seems something very important, you know, at least a lot of people are connecting with it. So that's why I kind of stood with it. You know, when you see it affecting people, man, it's hard to step away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something that I cherish all the time whenever I get the, the chance to play live because, you know, every moment is, is beautiful, you know, in that connection, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's wild. So when did forest circles start to develop and is it a completely solo project for you or did it start that way and change? It's a solo project now. I, it started around 2018. Okay. 2019. I had put together a couple of friends of mine and, uh, you know, I essentially just brought in some songs and was like, Hey, would you guys want to, want to see what this could do you know what we can do with it and we released it like i think it was like one ep or something It was great like jamming with those guys um 
I feel like they were a lot of like my backbone when I needed it, you know, as direction and stuff. And to get a general idea of what I'm trying to say in a way, you know? Okay. Yeah. And then I kind of like, I had, you know, the COVID-19 hit and, you know, I kind of just took a step back and was, you know, just wanted a new perspective, you know? And then that's when I started to, just demo a lot of stuff at home. And I was like, you know what? I think some of these songs are ready. So I just decided to, yeah, release them. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So the first release of Fever Dream and Labyrinth, is that just you or is that the stuff that was recorded with the other guys? Yeah, those are those two songs were with the other guys, uh, Albert okay. and Justin. Oh, yeah, okay. The, yeah. Those um, are good, man. Yeah. I, uh, I Justin, and he's just a, a solid drummer. Like, uh, it was wild. Like, I kind of... I kind of stole him from another band, <laughs> but not really, you know, like I, he was in this, this instrumental group for a while and I would go out to see his, uh, his shows, you know, and I was like, he has a solid approach. He's very like in the pocket and he, un- his understanding of music, is just mathematical and it's Ooh. beautiful. <laughs> that, oh, that's good. So, all right. So yeah. the next release poison leaves, is that with everybody or is that, you, just you because that those both came out in 2021 i think right correct yeah so at this point i i was doing a lot of more demos at home and that one was completely just from me yeah. okay okay so yeah. the band or project is called force circles is there is anything behind that name i think it it i feel before four circles, we had, we were jamming together and 
it was this band Presages that we had for, I would say, like a few months. Okay. And there was a song I wrote that's called Four Circles. And I think just for my love of like, you know, the woods and like, you know, being out in nature, it came to me and I was like, you know, I think this could be a song title. Then after that, I decided to name the group that. <laughs> I like it. it it's, a, it's a different type of name. And I know from recording so many people at this point, finding a, a, a name, it can be the hardest part of, of starting a band. So yeah, yeah. It's a I definitely get name. that from a lot of friends. Yeah. It's a unique name and it's stuck out and, and the imagery is another amazing point. Are you taking the photographs since that's kind of your thing? Yeah, I mean a lot of that stems from my years in photography and uh I have a, a love for like black and white like videos and old time movies and stuff like that. So I wish I could see sometimes in black and white, you know, oh. but I know what you it's, mean. it's just, um, it, yeah, it's just my influence in that kind of space where, where my art stems from and stuff. So you said a lot of this stuff is coming out of the quarantine and being home alone and working on stuff by yourself. Were you recording it at home as well? I mean, do you, are you set up to do all that? Yeah. So I hunkered down and was like, I think because I'll, I'll take like a step back, like in the studio, sometimes I feel like there, I like, like there's pressures, you know, and there's time limits, you know, that yeah. you have to kind of, and what I found in the past when I was, you know, in those situations was sometimes like the inspiration doesn't come until later on in the day. And then you kind of have to stop. And I think the kind of music that I'm making it can't be rushed at least, you know, I, I, I can't put a, you know, it, it just doesn't seem like a right in a way. All right. Yeah. I mean, that, well, that's, it sounds like maybe that's kind of your process is to just let it, you can be, and I guess this is kind of for most people, but you just can't force it. You, you, you gotta let it come when it comes. Yeah. And that's such an important piece, you know, especially when dealing with timing and, and the universe as well. I always go back to that because I, I believe in that so much. But yeah, like sometimes you're not supposed to be writing music and then there'll be times where like you can write a song in like 10 minutes yeah. and then there it is. Yeah. That's awesome. What is influencing the sound? Because the first releases, Fever Dream and Labyrinth and, and Poison Leaves, they're good. They're really good. And they've got a sound. Uh, uh, they they have a they all have a, a similar feel. cutter kind of takes everything and makes it better it's like those yeah. three types of, it's got a very similar sound but it seems denser and yeah. it, it just seems i don't know it seems like you you've advanced you still have the sound you know of, of four circles but it yeah. just it seems like it's advanced 
I mean, I'm always trying to challenge myself and not dig myself in a hole and create the same stuff, you know? Right. I think it's always important to, to put yourself in situations musically where you're pushing the envelope. And I, I think I'm a true believer in, in bending those, you know, rules and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I think it, it's definitely, it took me a while, you know, and a lot of, a lot of the fans were like, it's taking so long. Please, <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> but, um, you know, I just, I had a vision for it and I wanted to, for it to be true, you know, in every way, even from the sound to the lyrics, like I wanted everything to be, I guess, somewhat, I, and for a better word, like perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like a lot of the tones that I use, like I'm heavily influenced now. And like, there's a band called Savages. That's like, I'm just like in awe with her guitar tone. Oh, wow. I think her name is Gemma. And uh, it, it just, I feel like I, it somehow comes naturally to me because I don't really dial with the mess around with the amps too much, you know, like I kind of just let it speak to me. Oh, cool. Okay. So you've got a heavier shoegazy sound. It's got that dream pop reverb, but it's definitely overdriven. And it sounds really cool. I love the sound. Is that something that you're doing uh, with effects? Are Are you doing it in post, you know, when you're mixing things and and since are you blowing out your neighbors when you're doing this, are you getting complaints <laughs> when you're recording or is it, is it all doing, doing it in the, in the headphones, you know, in, in pro tools or something? Yeah, sure. So I, I got a, I'm a true believer of like, uh, the walrus pedal line. Like I love their stuff. Oh, cool. It speaks to me. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, like I I dive into a couple of different pedals. Like I try to keep it simple because when you're playing live, I can't be tap dancing on stage, you know. Makes you sense. Know, uh, so anti shoegaze in that in that sense. <laughs> yeah, I know it's so strange, but yeah, like uh, a lot of the pedals I use are from Walrus Audio. Like they're just really reliable pedals, and I think they're they're amazing for that kind of vibe. Well, I like the sound you're getting out of them for sure. I appreciate it, yeah. That's, it's um, killer. Yeah. I also go through like a, I have a Marshall that I go through and a Vox. So the Vox gives me that kind of warm tone and the the Marshall gives me that, you know, in your face kind of, kind of stuff. Okay. All right. What is a doorway cutter? So there is a show on Netflix called The Peaky Blinders. Okay, I know of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, so it's like, um, I think their background, they're gypsies. So a lot of their beliefs are through like spiritual stuff and essentially like people who can, uh, the way that I kind of took it was like, individuals that can go from universe to universe or like you know okay uh and essentially i think there was this moment in the in the show where like they're talking about like someone who made a curse 
on a character and they're saying like this is somebody that can like cut through doors or something like that and i immediately i immediately was like something about a doorway cutter and i was like this is perfect (laughs) it's a great phrase because that's yeah it kind of everything came together you know i when i found it on i saw that on instagram i I heard the music i saw the imagery and a doorway cutter i'm like that actually it sounds kind of spooky and it all went together yeah. perfectly and that it really intrigued me which made me want to reach out to you and and have you on the podcast cuz there's everything it's just a great image you put together I appreciate it yeah it's a uh, yeah like just the name of it like and i guess i kind of believe in that is like ghosts and stuff like that and okay. everything i'm definitely a person who can i feel that there are other like dimensions or realms or, mm-hmm. you know, that are other planes that are happening at the same lifetime that we are. So I was like, yeah, this would be perfect for, <laughs> for the, the title. <laughs> and if you ever come up with a, a side project and that could be the name of another band, that's a cool band name too, by the way. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, someone grab it out there. <laughs> so you open the out the, the latest release up with red moon this, and that, I think that's my favorite song on on, on the new release. It, that is a great song. instrumentation throughout this album because on on the title track on doorway cutter it's, it sounds to my untrained ear like there might some there's maybe some brass or something is it is there brass or synthesizers or something on it in the background yeah so for that the self-titled i i knew that was going to be a keystone in some kind of way because the the sounds that were coming, it just definitely felt like a direction that potentially can, can happen in the future. Uh, and I was messing around with a lot of different synthesizers that, you know, kind of sound like horns. Okay. Way. So I was like, you know, this element here sounds beautiful for the song, but it kind of is different from like red moon and, yeah. you know, choke it's, it was very intriguing to me as well, but I, I enjoyed it in a way that I, I, it was almost like I stumbled upon it myself, you know, like, but yeah, I guess that would be the most unusual instrument or sound. Yeah. I like it because it's again, with the heaviness and the ethereal shoegaze quality keep going back to shoegaze but it, you don't really hear a whole lot of of brass sounds in that and it, yeah. it's also on medicine man if i'm not mistaken i also hear a little bit of that in that song too yeah a medicine man i i also have like a few little strings here and there
sucker for like cellos. <laughs> I have become one as well. That's yeah. they're actually beautiful. They're so versatile. Yeah, it's I, such a you you, you can sound like a violin or you go deeper. It's just it's just an amazing instrument. Yeah. So the new release is four tracks. Do you have more on the way? Is there? Are you working on new music, or is there anything full lengthwise in your plans in the future? So I have I have a couple of songs that I am currently working on now. I tend to give a little hints of it on you know like the social platforms and stuff like that, just to get like people excited and you know to see what their reactions are and stuff like that. Okay. Um, yeah, a couple ideas running right now and seeing what what speaks to me and what works. Also pushing the envelope with different stuff as like different instruments. So yeah, a couple of things. I might stick to the format that I have now just because of the, you know, where we are in music. I feel like I, attention spans can be a little bit... <laughs> short very so not that i don't want to release a full length i think my writing style is just i take forever oh really <laughs> so <laughs> so like if i if i tried a full length it i would be you know it'd be years it'd be... Before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is that yeah, the toughest part for you though what is what is the toughest part for you when it comes to doing this because if you're doing everything by yourself there's sure, got to be yeah. at least one or two parts that you're just like, I, this sucks. I hate doing this. Is it editing or is it saying, Hey, I got to stop. Or is it the writing process or is it it's something else? I wouldn't say, I think there are certain tough moments, you know, like um, there'll be times where lyrics are spilling through me mm. faster than the, the music is. So, and then there are other times where it's vice versa. And, you know, I think those were the times where like, I'll be up at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you know, lyrics are popping into my head. This recently just happened, I think last night. Oh, geez. And uh, yeah, like it's strange how it works. Like I have to catch those moments when I do or in the moment. But um, yeah, I think those are the most frustrating times. Like for me, when one is faster than the other, uh, okay. and I can't really get them to, they don't really <laughs> sync up. So well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the new stuff that you're working on, is it still a true solo project? Or are you planning on getting more people involved in, in uh, four circles? Uh, at the moment in time, it's still solo right now. Okay. I think once I get like the, the backbone of things and then you know, if I hear other instruments, I can possibly be on the tracks. I, I probably can reach out to a couple of people I have in mind, you know? Yeah. But at the moment it's, it's still in the, the beginning stages. So, so it's still uh, a true solo project. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get a chance to play out as four circles very often? And do you have to get people in or do you actually do it as a solo thing? Uh, not since the pandemic. I think since it's a fairly new project, you know, I kind of wanted to, to get the material out first, you know, and okay. cre create like a, a platform for it. And then if eventually, you know, like there's a solid amount of material, I, you know, I might gather 
some musicians and then make it make a live performance okay all right well yeah i've been listening to well particularly the doorway cutter a lot lately but i've also come back and listened to the earlier stuff and i, I really like it i i do like doorway cutter better which i guess is the objective right you just keep improving as you go so right. I, it's to me it, it feels it sounds like you're on the right path so i'm i i love all the imagery with doorway cutter there's a couple photographs there that are absolutely gorgeous so i mean what all right so this is going to be me kind of geeking out a little bit so what what are you using for your images what kind of photo setup do you have so a lot of the stuff like nowadays it's just like digital right so you know like anything like i could be walking around in the morning and you know i i see this like you know this little moment in time and i'm just like you know i i need to take a photo of this now you know and then uh eventually you know i'll go back and you know edit it maybe a little bit uh get some stuff you know rolling get their creative ideas going and stuff like that so you shooting more on on like cell phones or you shoot or do you have a dslr that you're using more often than than the phone uh, mostly it's the cell phone for sure. Okay. I'm a blown away by the quality of, of some cell phone photos. It, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Like it, it's, it amazes me all the time. Cause I'm not really computer, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it amazes me how the quality for sure. Yeah. It kind of makes me angry. I mean, cause I, I shoot a lot with, uh, my, I've, I've got a, Canon setup, 5D uh, Mark II, so it's a little little bit on the old side at this point, but I love it, and I, my phone can't quite do what it does, especially zooming in and all, but it's not too far off, and it kind of makes me angry. <laughs> Spent all this money on this photo rig. I mean, granted, it was years ago, but still. I mean, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. This little thing in my hand that I hold walk around with in my pocket can shoot almost as good a picture as, as my rig that cost me thousands of dollars. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of gross. <laughs> so where can people find the music? What's the best way for them to find forest circles? Yeah. So a lot of the social media platforms, um, you know, I, like don't really have too much activity on Facebook, but okay. uh, definitely Instagram. I guess all the, I guess audio social. What do they call <laughs> music? <laughs> like Spotify and uh, all, all the streaming stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's what it. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I guess Apple and Spotify would probably be the best way. And you've got some on Bandcamp too, which I oh, love right, Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a solid platform. I think they let you download in different formats and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can do FLAC, MP3, I think Waves. So it's amazing to me to be able to like like the photography to to just stream that stuff on your on your phone. Your phone can do freaking everything at this point. It's kind of gross. It's pretty wild. <laughs> so what what is the uh, Instagram handle where people can follow you and and when you start, when you're releasing more music or if you can get out and play some live shows, what is, what is the best way for them to, uh, to follow you on, on Instagram? Or I guess, what is the handle for Instagram? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's forest and then X circles. And I feel like 
that's probably the most active like okay. social media yeah uh i try not to dive into social media too much i i feel like i get people get lost into it hey, you can you really can and it depending on which platform you use it can really sour your day i hate twitter mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I prefer Instagram because I still, I, I shoot a lot of stuff and I love to put it on Instagram and, and uh, it's a fun place. It's a fun way for me to get some of my creative juices flowing and, and get some of my photos out there that I really enjoy and, and I'm proud of. And so that, that's the one that I, I like the most. So totally. So I like that, that you're on it too. And that's, you're the most, act, you're more active on that than the others. So I, uh, yeah. I, I like that. Thank you for the uh, fantastic music. I'm really looking forward to what's up and coming for Four Circles. Not only for the music, but the awesome, the images too. They they grab me. Uh, so I, I'm just got to be keeping an eye out and spreading the word a little bit as much as I can. And uh, hopefully get some, we'll get some new listeners and uh, keep you enthused and inspired to continue what you're doing with with the uh the project because i'm really enjoying it i appreciate it thanks thanks mark the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts 
or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.